Hello there, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today, I have the honor of interviewing one of my heroes. This guy is like a superhero, J.R. Harding. Now, we met at the Trailblazing 2016 conference, and uh, J.R. Harding is a disability specialist, an author, an accessibility expert, an international speaker. He's contributed over 30 years to national, state, and community policy for the independence and self-sufficiency of persons with disability. A two-time presidential appointee, that's the president of the United States, a seven-times gubernatorial appointee. He's been asked to speak on numerous occasions to the U.S. Congress and Florida legislature. He's the former chairman of the Florida Commission for Transportation Disabled. J.R. Harding, you introduce yourself to our audience. Well, thank you, uh, Hacky. Really, it's a privilege to join your family and um, meeting you at the Trailblades in 2016 and hope to join you again for 2017. Right. I think that'll be the next stage in this journey. Well, I'm just um, a young knucklehead who turned 50 just the other day and um, someone who has lived with multiple disabilities for 33 years. I first became a quadriplegic my senior year in high school, trying to do the right thing, and walked away from a schoolyard fistfight and instantly became a quadriplegic. And when I finally figured it out, when I, I kind of found my way or around the schoolyard or back into school in the university, um, I flipped the van and did it a second time. So it was like, wasn't quite ready with um, running into challenges of um, what was my role in society? Who was I gonna be? What was my identity? Because growing up, I, I did struggle with dyslexia. I did struggle with substance abuse. I did struggle with self-identity. Of Where was my place in the world that did not adopt, embrace, and um, include persons with disabilities back in the 80s? And and so, so, so let me stop you right there. So now, you're thrown into this whole new world, even though you had dyslexia, you had other disability, but this is certainly a dramatic change for a young man. And instead of throwing in the towel, you do what? Well, I choose to pick up the pieces of my shattered life and find my way. I knew intuitively that I belonged and that I had something to contribute like everybody else. And so I went off to college because Harding boys go to college, but the degree wasn't the ends to the mean. Really, it was then being able to tuck my way into the workplace and, and to show that we had added value and that accommodations were just reasonable uh, tools that everybody could benefit from. Now, when we were at Trailblaze in 2016 together, a lot of what you said resonated with me. There was also another speaker who said something that also just really hit home with me. And that was Jose Velasco, the global leader for SAP, that software company that has 
programs for autistic and Asperger's and other people whose brains are different and other people with disabilities. And here's what he said. He said in a different way what you just said. He said, this is not a social welfare program. This is a business transition program. This is for the betterment of his business. What you just said was, look, I wanted to figure out, and you've gone on to help the institutions figure out, what are the accommodations I can do to let this individual help our institution, help society, help themselves? How can we maximize that individual, whether he's got dyslexia, autism, he's in a wheelchair, you name it. What can we do to maximize his potential, his or her unique abilities? Absolutely, Hacky. And that's how I stumbled into this lifelong role as an advocate, a leader, a trailblazer, to use the conference term, that started back when I was in grad school in, um, in the South here in uh, Pensacola, Florida, where I came from the Midwest and the Northeast that have embraced diversities on other spectrums very well, moved down to the South, which historically has had challenges for a lot of integration issues, not to mention persons with disabilities, okay? And then this thing called the Americans with Disabilities Act happened. And you know what? The university president came to me because I was one of three students on her campus and said, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And I said, you know what? I don't know, but let's cross the Rocky Mountains together and figure it out together so that we can all be frontiersmen in this unknown charted area. Very cool and very well said. Let's fast forward to your present position. Tell us about what you're doing now. There's so much that happened in between and so many great things you did. We'll come back to it. But now I want to take our Different Brains audience up to now, 2000, the end of 2016. Tell us what your role is. Well, uh, thank you. And this is a great lead in. I am now a faculty person at Florida State University, one of the two premier institutions in the state of Florida with a uh, uh, mission that is not local, not statewide, but literally international is our mission and that the president and provost here at Florida State University hired me to see, could we do something better with the integration, retention, graduation, and success of students with disabilities? So the idea is, how could we create a university of choice where students with different abilities of all types could excel in higher education and not only become a better holistic person to participate in our politics and our um, uh, not-for-profits and the development of our communities, but more importantly than be a leader in the uh, workforce in whatever area they choose. And the key is then in higher ed, like for me, is how do you identify your calling? What are you intuitively good at? And then how do you wrap around some education and skill sets to complement that passion that drives you every day? And that is what I preach to everybody 
whether they have so-called disabilities or not. That's what's missing in our overall educational system. If you can harness your hyper-interests, like that chapter in the Asper Tools book, no matter who you are, and you can find a way to make a living at it, you never have to work a day in your life. Well, you know, and that's amen to that, Hacky, huh? I mean, it's nothing better than actually being remunerated for something you love to do. And you're helping other people when you do it. That's the trifecta. Right, There you go. Well, now let's segue into something we spoke about when we were on the panel together and everything, which is um, the way my brain works. What I was interpreting a lot of what you were saying and experiencing is that your brain has to rewire itself. And quadriplegia to me is another form of neurodiversity because your brain has to adapt to all kinds of technology, to a whole different mindset, to get through your activities of daily living. Tell me how you feel your brain has changed, if at all, to rewire to meet all of your challenges. That's a deep question. And it's one I'm still learning the answer to today as I am aging with quadriplegia. And and so I think depending upon the circumstance, how I'm wired and how my body communicates with me difference. For example, my left hand and right hand have different levels of sensitivity to them. So if I touch my ear with my right hand versus my left hand, the actual feeling is different. So then when you're talking about how is my body communicating with me, for example, with my first injury, if I was sweating on the left side of my head, that meant the right side of my body had pain just like the left and right sides of the brain. But now with my second injury, I only sweat on the left side. The right side no longer sweats, but it will sweat on the front left and on the back left, still giving me the differentiation between my left and right sides. Tell us about your use of modern technology. Well. That's something that I get trouble with with my wife because modern technology has given me freedoms that I never before could have imagined. So my computer at home is nicknamed Precious because I spend so much time there. I am now able to interact with the world independently through Skype, through Dragon Dictate, with my smartphone, with my iPad, I am now connected and no longer need things to be facilitated that were once shared activities. I can have those private intimate moments like we are having now, even though it's being recorded, this is still between you and I, this is our moment. Very interesting. Now, tell us some of the um, mechanics with which technology helps you in your activities of daily living? Well, um, the mechanics of it is everywhere. First, starting with my mobility device. Okay, a wheelchair is a form of technology. 
and over the years they have gotten very very fancy to better meet your needs of the world of your independence like for example my chair has an up and down elevation component to it so when i'm at a party or a cocktail arena i can sit up at six feet of height and look you in the eye rather than feeling like I'm looking up all the time. Okay, that is a major game changer. And for me, giving speeches and stuff, I might then sit up in front of the class to get everyone's attention and they're like, whoa, right. Another form of technology would be my vehicle. I call it the enterprise, you know, like Star Trek. I drive with my hands. I control my wipers, my turn signal, my cruise control with my head. I just hit the little button because both of my hands are occupied, right? The whole vehicle is built around my movements and my independence. So I should almost have a little sticker on the back that says enterprise, right? <laughs> Going where no man has gone before. And that to me is really game-changing in itself because in those first years I couldn't go anywhere without a team it took two people to pick my big six foot five butt up throw me in the car fold up my wheelchair put it in the trunk remember we didn't have disabled parking we didn't have access ramps we didn't have power doors so I had to schedule my life around a team to try and get my hair cut or go get a gallon of milk, or go get the VCR tape at the store when we went and got the tapes, right? That was a whole excursion. It spent an hour at the video store, right? Now we do that online and we just load that in through Netflix and stuff. That's part of my chores. Honey, go find some movies for us. Well, I've run over to Precious and I can handle it. I can do it, right? Those are some of my independent tools, right? I have little low-tech things that wrap around my hand that hold the fork for me so I can self-feed or brush my teeth. Those little things are simply priceless because when you're eating your food, some people like to mix their peas in the corn. Other people don't want to mix their peas in the corn. So that is such a personal business of how do you eat or brush your teeth or how quickly do you pick up a cup of coffee. These are all how both high-tech and low-tech items facilitate my independence every day. But then because of the reliance on technology, you do have a few bumps in the road. Like for example, yeah, my car, like your car, has a phone, right? But in order for the phone to work, you have to switch it from one Bluetooth to the other Bluetooth mechanism. You follow me in the yes. car? Well, guess what? JR can't switch the button because the phone is down in my pocket. So I had to come with a workaround. So I went and bought a cheap little $10 phone that sits in the back of my book bag, which so every time I get in and out of the van, it automatically loads to that Bluetooth. Right, because I couldn't have it connected to my primary phone. So you sometimes you got to work around a few little challenges because even though technology works well, it, it's not perfect for everyone with different abilities. You know, uh, 
JR, I remember once when my mom was pumping gas at the gas station in Jersey City, our family gas station. Uh, she told me, she said, you know, you've got a moral obligation to work up to your full potential with the gifts that God gave you to help yourself, your loved ones, and those less fortunate, and to have a good time doing it. Let's talk about the good time, not just in your work, which you thoroughly enjoy, but talk about the fun in life, the recreation, doing things for fun. This is a big aspect for all of us, whether we have disabilities or not. Well, oh, thank you, Hacky. Really, that's, that's a deep issue because when I first became paralyzed and the little games we played in rehab and stuff with the balloon in the hallway and volleyball and stuff, that was medical. You know, that was a clinical setting. That wasn't what I knew to be fun. That wasn't going out to the ballpark, right? Watching the game, having the hot dog and the mustard, or put, getting that Billy cheese steak, or getting the hot pretzel. You know, these are part of the things that we do every day called the barbecue, you know, or game day. Well, for those first couple of years, I really struggled mentally and intellectually and physically with not having fun. Now I sat there in the chair. I was passive. I wasn't active. And with the passing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, you know, that light went off. I no longer need to sit on the sidelines. And because of the community all around us, I learned to fish again. I went out there and caught that minnow. I had the picture of that little three inch fish, which was the first fish I had caught in 10 years. You know, size didn't matter that day, okay? It's exciting to have that little bait fish on my hook. All right, how about getting on the roller coaster um, down there at SeaWorld on the Kraken or getting on the, uh, or the Incredible Hulk there at Universal Studios, the recreation of jumping in and out of the roller coaster, sticking your arms up in the air, riding front row or water skiing, scuba diving, um, miniature golf, bowling, all of these things are a part of my everyday life. In fact, this Thanksgiving, the young kids who work for me, these 19 year olds, right? We went and played Wii tennis, part of the, you know, between uh, dinner and um, dessert on Thanksgiving meal. And they're like, well, I'm gonna take this old man down in this old school game. Well, we taped that we have mechanism in my hand and I took these young kids down and you should have seen the transformation on their face. They were like nervous. How's this wheelchair guy who can barely use his arm kicking my ass on the game I should be good at? Right, right. That kind of enthusiasm, that kind of inclusion is priceless. And what we gain, Hacky, from the self-esteem the barrier removal and the uh, family involvement transforms and relates itself to so many other things, as you know well, as a former boxer and so forth, that courage to go that extra mile is just something that you just can't teach. You have to experience it. Well, and I remember, uh... When we were on that panel together at Trailblazing 2016, a while back, 
Um, I was remembering when uh, I was honored to be the, uh, the honorary coach halftime at a Heat game, Miami Heat, with the wheelchair basketball team from Hell South, the two teams. And I got to tell you, you guys in the wheelchairs, they're crazy. They were, they were like flying all over the place, diving out of the chairs, banging into each other. Lucky we got out of there alive. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it's almost a violent sport. Right, they talk about football and concussions or the NFL. People have no idea like wheelchair rugby's like or wheelchair basketball and how people crash into each other and how serious it is. So it's in it's inside all of us that need for involvement and competition, and it brings the best of ourselves out. And all abilities, no matter our brain situation, can find that right recreational outlet to empower yourself, both professionally and interpersonally. Well, you have a real talent because you've managed to break your neck twice. Right, let, let, let's hope I don't do that again. Uh, a third time, right? But yes, you're quite right. And that is through living life without boundaries. You know, honestly, I had forgotten I was a quadriplegic. That's why I broke my neck the second time. I was driving from Orlando back to Tallahassee to finish that dissertation because I wanted to become Dr. JR, okay? I was racing back, but what I was doing was I was also playing with the car radio and I took one of my hands off the steering wheel, right? And then ended up hitting the little bumps and I couldn't control the vehicle anymore at 75 miles an hour. So around we went. And as I began to flip, I was like, it'll be over in a minute. And it was, <laughs> right, it was, right. And when the EMT showed up, you know, I was like, I'm busted up already. Don't worry, guys, just slap me on the gurney and let's get me to the hospital. They were in complete disbelief that they were already picking a quadriplegic up. <laughs> you know how to have a good time, JR. Well, I, I, I don't know if I classify that particular moment as a good time, but you know, even during that time of distress, I was advocating for myself because I said what hospital I wanted to go to. I said, you know, how we're going to handle this. And, you know, of course, the medical profession wasn't certain, you know, was I already on too much pain medicine? Maybe I was, but I was still going to go to Gainesville and not to Orlando because I wanted to go to their neurological center, right? Because as you know, going to the right doctors is important for the right issue. Uh, you got to be surrounded with the uh, with the pros from Dover, as they say. Right. How will our audience find out all about J.R. Harding and your books? Um, they can find me at jrharding.com or at Florida State University at uh, www.fsu.edu. Uh, the two books are out there on Amazon.com. They can be clicked through uh, my website. And I think there are even hot links in the uh, blog that you've already put out a week or two ago. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to Dr. J.R. Harding, the instructional specialist at Florida State University, who's worked with many leaders of our country and of the world. 
for those of us with disabilities. JR, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, Hacky, the pleasure has been all mine, and mediums and shows like this carry the message and remove barriers for persons with disabilities, but more importantly, for those without disabilities to better embrace all individuals with different brains. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.